Well, let me ask you this this morning. How many of you, has anyone here seen any home improvement of the last few weeks? Have you seen any home improvement at your house? All right, thank you. Amen. I'm excited about this series and what God is doing. And and for many, it's just God is just planting seeds. I had a a single young man tell me before the service this morning, said, I'm really excited about the message today. And I think it was kind of tongue-in-cheek because he's not even married, let alone looking for kids. And we're going to talk about parenting today. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you when you need to hear about, uh, about marriage and parenting and finances and all this before you get married. Amen? And, uh, you know, if we would uh, learn some of these things, and if the church would preach some of these things and teach some of these things, uh, we wouldn't have to do so much marriage counseling and, you know, divorce recovery and all of these kinds of things. We'd know a little bit about what we were getting into before we got into it. Most of us, uh, or at least I'm assuming that most of us, uh, got into it without a clue. You know, when you're 17, that's how my wife and I were when we got married. We got into it without a clue. And uh, so it might have been good if we'd heard a little bit about it before we jumped in. Amen. Hey, stand with me this morning. We're going to honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the book of Proverbs chapter 22. We're looking at Proverbs chapter 22, and we're going to read verse number Uh, six this morning. Proverbs chapter number 22 and verse number six. The wisdom writer writes and he says, train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it. Now before I get into the message this morning, let me just say that most people uh, read more into this verse than is there. Also, I want you to understand that the book of Proverbs is not a book of promises. It's a book of principles. It's not a book of promises. It's a book of principles. And so some people take a little verse out of the scripture and make it a promise. It's not necessarily a promise. It is a principle. Understand that. But understand that just because that, you know, that, that you do fairly good... You know, taking your kid to church, you know, two or three times a month and, you know, uh, maybe sending them to uh, uh, youth camp or kids camp and, you know, you don't cuss around them, you know, and and you act pretty good around them and, you know, you do some good things. You think, well, you know, the the Bible says if I train up a child the way they should go, when they get old, they'll not depart from it. So I'm guaranteed they're going to walk with God. I'm guaranteed they're going to be a Christian. They're going to serve God. Not what this verse is saying. This verse is saying that if you will train up a child in the way they should go, when they are old, they will not be able to get away from that teaching and that training. They'll still have to make their own decisions. God's not going to take their free will away from them. They still have a free will. I mean, know that if you have the will to walk toward God, you have the will to walk away from God. So understand that this, what we're talking about doesn't guarantee your child's salvation. It doesn't guarantee that your child is going to do what you taught them to do. But what it is guaranteeing is that if you will consistently train, teach and train them in the way that they ought to go, that when they get older, that teaching, that training is going to be so embedded in them, they're not going to be able to get away, away from it. 
They may still sin. They still may walk away from God. They may still live uh, opposite of the way that you taught them and trained them. But they still have that teaching, that training, that nurturing uh, in their heart. And it's not easy for them to walk away from. How many is on the same page with me right now? Father, I just pray that you will take this word this morning as we share it today. God, I pray the anointing of the Holy Spirit will rest upon the message, upon the messenger today. Once again, I ask that you will, you will help us today, God, not just, to, not just to be hearers of your word, not just to hear another lesson or another sermon, but God, I pray, Lord, that we will heed what we hear today, and God, we will put the principles of the word of God into place that we receive today, Father, so our lives will be impacted positively in the future. All for the glory of God we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said praise the Lord. Lord. And you may be reseated this morning. Well if you're new to the Grace Place we are in a series I'm calling Home Improvement. So far we've talked about marriage and we've talked about finances. We've talked about how to make good, godly, uh, wise decisions. Today we're going to begin talking about parenting. Now, for me, personally, besides my relationship with my Lord and my relationship with my mate, the only thing better than being a parent is being a grandparent. (laughs) My two favorite things in the world today is the faces of my grandkids and the back of their heads. Amen. Those two things are awesome. It's wonderful when they come running up to me and say, Papa, 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 to see the the joy on their face to see Grammy and Papa. But it's equally as good when they turn around and go back home because, you know, they wear us out. (laughs) And you soon understand why God gave babies and, and, and children to young people. Help me understand what I'm saying. See, see, I just don't understand people who do not enjoy their children. And I know they're out there. Maybe you're even sitting here today. Just don't give yourself away. Because one of the, one of the greatest joys in, in my life is my kids and my grandkids. And, and I understand, yes, kids will try you at times. And yes, when they turn 13... For the next few years, you'll begin to understand why some animals eat their young. (laughs) Been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. But all in all, being a mom, being a dad, can be one of the most satisfying and one of the most fulfilling uh, parts of life. We also need to understand that parenting is also an incredible responsibility. Just think for a moment about that tiny little infant that is placed in your hands. Can you remember the first time your first child, your your firstborn was placed into your hand? Can you remember that? And you look down into that little wrinkled flesh and, and the blotches and Maybe the cone head, and I don't know what. Oh, you had a better experience? 
But you understand quickly that that baby is 100% dependent upon you. And that without your help, that baby is going to die. You understand that without the help of its parents, that baby is going to die. And that baby grows up. As that baby grows up, their dependence on, on, on you will grow less and less and less. Or at least you hope it will. The day will come when that child becomes an adult and leaves the nest and is on its own. And it comes a whole lot quicker than you ever anticipated it. I remember when I was raising my my kids and my kids were just little and maybe we'll be walking through the mall or walking down the street or whatever. And, you know, and some old geezer, somebody about my age now would stop me and say, Paul, you better enjoy, better enjoy that little boy, better enjoy that little girl. Before you know it, they'll be up and grown and out on their own. And I thought, the old coot must have Alzheimer's or something. Never even entered my mind how quickly and how fast and that, that even would. But I'm telling you now, I'm that old coot today. And I'm telling you, if you've got little ones, you better enjoy them. You better soak it all up before, because before you know it, they'll be up and gone and out on their own. The day will come when that child becomes an adult and leaves the nest and is on its own. And listen, how that adult child does on their own will depend greatly upon what was put into that child by its parents. Somebody said the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I say, neither does the nut. This morning I want to talk to you about What to give your children. Next Sunday, I'm going to talk to you about what not to give them. But today, I'm going to talk to you about what to give your children. Now, there are so many things that a child needs from from their parents. but But I've narrowed it down and I've limited my list to five. The first thing that a parent should give their child, number one, is affirmation. The dictionary says to affirm means to give approval. It means to provide emotional support. It means to give encouragement. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse number 20 says, Wise words satisfy like a good meal. It goes on to say the right words bring satisfaction. Let me, let me tell you something this morning. Everybody needs affirmation. Everyone needs affirmation. Even the most confident of people seek the approval of others. Mark Twain said, he said, I can live for two months on a single compliment. My words to Mark Twain would be, it's a good thing you can because that's about how far apart they are sometimes. And out of all the people in the world that a child seeks affirmation from, their parents are number one. And especially do they need it from dad. Two things that we need to know. Number one, children look to mom for affection. Children look to mom for for affection. Now, now it's not that they don't need affection from dad. They absolutely do. But, but I ask you, who does the child go to when they fall down and go boom? It's usually mama. Because mama can kiss away any owie. Dad just says, ah, you're not hurt. You're tired. Do it again. 
Children look to mama for affection. The children go to dad for approval. See, see, it's dad that they show their straight A report card to. It's dad that they look, they look for in the stands when they hit the home run or when they score the winning touchdown. Moms and dads must give their children affirmation. They must offer unconditional love and unconditional support to their children. They, they must make their children know that they are proud of them. Not that they will be proud of them if they do this, this, and this, if they do that, and they don't do that, and they don't do something else. No, no, no. No, we must affirm them. We must make them to understand and know that just the way that they are, exactly as they are at the moment, we love them unconditionally, and we are proud of them. We must convey to them the fact that, that, that they have been Uniquely equipped with gifts and talents and abilities that God has a specific plan for their life. And that they are who they are. And God has made them the way that they are. And and God has gifted them and talented them. And all of this the way that they are. So that he can use them as he made them to fulfill their their own personal God-called purpose. I'd like to camp here for about 10 minutes, but I don't have 10 minutes, so I've got to move on. Next thing parents should give their children is, is admonishment. Now, to admonish means to advise. It means to caution. It means to warn. It means to counsel. See, see, see the parent has already walked down the path that their child is now on. And experience is the greatest teacher. See, so often what works in theory... Uh, doesn't work so well in reality. Let me, let me just tell you, you can throw something at me if you want to, but some of this theory you put on Facebook, it's good theory, but it doesn't work in practice. And some of us that think we know more than anybody else, we're making our decisions with limited information. See, see, people are, are too quick to, to form opinions and pass judgment uh, when, when uh, uh, they have far too little uh, accurate information. Amen. See, half of the information we have is not accurate. It's been tainted, it's been twisted, it's been... Even the information that we give out often is tainted because we put our little twist... And it comes from us, from all of our baggage. Well, I'm away from my notes, and I see I'm getting in trouble. I think I'll get back to my notes. Let me use this as an example. You know, before I had kids of my own, I, I, I can remember saying things like, like, well, well, when I become, when I become a parent, I won't do this. I won't do that. I won't do that. That's what they're doing. I won't, you won't see me doing that. Before I had kids, I'd say things like, well, my kids won't be doing that. (laughs) And then the kids came along. And then I was actually a parent. 
See, it would amaze you how you would actually pastor a church if you were actually a pastor. Just thought I'd just throw that one out. When my kids came along and I was actually a parent, things were suddenly not so black and white. Things were all of a sudden, they were not so crystal clear. All of a sudden, I didn't have all the answers. Children need admonishment from from their parents. Advice. Caution, warning, counsel. Proverbs 29 and 15 says, To discipline a child produces wisdom, but a mother is disgraced by an undisciplined child. And verse 17 says, Discipline your children, and they will give you peace of mind, and they will make your heart glad. Two things I want to say right here. Number, Number one, parents must provide instruction. Proverbs 22 and 6, our text today, train up a child. Say, train them up. See, instruction is more than just information. Instruction not only tells them what to do, but it also shows them how to do it. See, instruction is hands-on. It it offers a role model, uh, an example. Instructions uh, doesn't just say, do as I say. It also says, do as I do. The Apostle Paul said, you follow me as I follow Christ. Somebody said actions speak louder than words. See, see, you can't just bring your, your kids to church and say to the children and youth pastors, Here, here, fix my kids. Yes, people do that. They may not say that, but they do that. Parents must admonish their kids. They must do what they admonish their kids to Do, but not only must parents provide instruction, parents must practice regular inspections. Somebody said people don't do what's expected, people do what's inspected. See, parents have to wear a lot of hats. And one of the hats that they must wear is the hat of the detective. No, some of you are not going to like this. I know I'm going to get criticized for this, but it's okay. It happens every Sunday. People say things like, well, but my son, my daughter is my best friend. Well, I say when your child is grown and on their own, your son or your daughter can literally become your best friend. And it's awesome. But when they are children or when they are adolescents or when they are teenagers, they don't need you to be their best friend. And let me tell you that that most of the time they don't want you to be their best friend. And if they say they want you to be their best friend, they're manipulating you. 
What they desperately need is they need you to be their mama. They need you to be their daddy. See, even the best of kids will push, push the boundaries and try their wings and test the system. And moms and dads are naive if they think their child is 100% perfect and their child is the exception. And I actually had a man tell me one day, look me right in the eye and tell me one day that although every other teenager wasn't perfect, but he went on to tell me that his daughter was. And he wasn't even drunk. I started to say stupid, but I'm too nice to say that. And he, and he refused to even consider the fact that, that his daughter might be involved in something she shouldn't be involved in, even though there were eyewitnesses to the fact that she was. Parents must practice regular inspections. They, they should monitor their teenager's Facebook page and use. And they should look at their kid's phone and, and read their kid's texts and emails. And if you find their diary, read it. And you're not going to find it if you don't look for it. So if you have any hints or indications, you might look for it. But Pastor, what about their right to privacy? What did you say? They're right to what? That was for you, Megan. <laughs> right to privacy? Let me tell you something. You get your right to privacy when you move out. You get your right to privacy when you pay your own rent, you pay your own utilities. When you pay your own insurance, when you buy your own gas, when you buy your own clothes, when you pay your own bills, when you're out on your own and paying all your bills, you get your right to privacy. But as long as you live in my house, I'm going to play detective. Because I love you and because I've been where you are now. Because I've been 13, I've been 15, I've been 16. And I started pastoring at 17, I had to start shaping up. (laughs) I know what you're thinking about. I know what you're trying. And I love you. I love you enough to make you mad. I love you enough to to make you hate me. Because I know if I make you hate me as a teenager, you're going to love me when you're about 30. And if you love me when when, when you're a teenager, you may hate me when 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 you're 30. 
All right, we're talking about what a, what a parent needs to give to their children. Number three, you need to give them assistance. Because everybody needs a little help. First Timothy 5. And verse 8 says, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his own household, he has denied the faith, And is worse than an unbeliever. All right, let's move on. Children need the assistance of their parents. Now, as a child grows, they, this need becomes smaller, smaller, smaller. Now, now, we understand that at first the child can't do anything by themselves, but this dependence on their parents should lessen and lessen as time goes on. Although everyone needs a little help sometimes, too much help is actually a hindrance. See, see, some parents have a hard time uh, allowing their children to grow up. Their child's total dependency on them uh, makes them feel important. It makes them feel needed, and some are, some are codependent. And some won't allow their child to move on to the next natural stage of development. I mean, their their kid is 12 and still has training wheels on their bike. And because they are paranoid about their kids getting hurt, they will not allow their kids to do hardly anything. And then there are other parents who will not allow their kids to to pay for their mistakes. They will not allow their kids to take responsibility for their day of stupid that every kid will have at some point in their life. But instead of making the kid own their day of stupid, they always lay the blame on somebody else, somebody like the coach or maybe the teacher or maybe it's the youth pastor. but never their own Billy or Sally. I mean, no, too much help is actually a hindrance. Because the time will come when the train, or the time will come when the training wheels must come off. And the kid must be allowed to experience their own set of bumps and bruises. It's called life. And the kid must be allowed to reap what he sowed so that hopefully in the future he will sow better seeds. I'll never forget when my son, Chad, was 16. I bought him a a little rust bucket to drive. Bought him a little Mustang. And it was a rust bucket. But we fixed the rust, and we painted it, and we fixed the interior, and it was actually a sharp little Mustang when we got through with it. And one day, my son came by to see me, to ask me if he could do something. I don't even remember what it was, but I told him something I didn't tell him very often. I told him no. And I knew by his countenance that he did not like his daddy very much right then. 
and he left. And about 10 minutes later, he comes walking back in. And he says, Dad. It was a, it was a four-speed. And he said, Dad. He said, my, my gear shift is stuck. It won't go into the next gear. I said, son, you left here ticked. You were mad at your daddy for saying no. And you went out there, and you popped that clutch, and you burned rubber, and you shifted into second gear as hard as you could, and you tore up your transmission. Didn't you? Yes! <laughs> now, the easy thing for me to do would be to say, son, that's okay. We all get mad sometimes, and it's okay. Daddy will fix your car, and everything will be just fine. And here, why don't you take my truck until we get your car fixed and you can drive my truck and I'll ride with mama everywhere I go or I'll hitch a ride where I go because, you know, I don't want you to be inconvenienced because you're my son. <laughs> I just described about 40% of parents today. I said, son, I know you're angry. I know you're mad. I know you didn't want to hear, hear what I had to say, but you're going to have to pay the consequences. We're going to take it to the shop, and we're going to get it fixed, and you're going to pay the bill. And you're not driving anybody else's car until we get your car out of the shop, and you have paid the bill. Mean old daddy, huh? Aren't you glad you weren't raised by this mean old bulldog dad? But you know what Proverbs 19 and 19 says? Proverbs 19 and 19 says people must be allowed to pay the penalty for their wrongdoing. It goes on to say, if you rescue them once, you will have to do it again. I wanted my son to learn the lesson. I wanted him to learn it well so he wouldn't repeat it. Parents should offer assistance to their children in every area, but too much assistance is actually a hindrance. We must help, but we must not enable. See, here's what I've discovered. And that is most people, only do what they, that, what, most people only do what they are required to do. And most people will take the easiest way out. And most people are only as tough as they have to be. We must be very, very careful as parents to not make it too easy on our kids. Because if we make it too easy on them, how will they handle it when they are finally forced to face the real world or when we are no longer around to bail them out? Parenting is a hard balancing act, is it not? We've got eight minutes, four seconds to do two points. I better hurry this morning. Notice the fourth thing every parent should give to their children. Attention. Deuteronomy chapter uh, 6, verse 6 through 9 says, These words that I command you today shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk to them when you sit uh, in your house or when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Kids spell love, T-I-M-E. And because of that, I want to suggest two things here. Number one, this morning, be present. 
Be present. Be present at home. And just because you are physically at home does not necessarily mean that you are home. Be, when you're home, be present. Be present at home. Be present at church. Be present at, the, at their events. Be there. Be there at their ball games. Be there at their recitals. Be there at their graduation, their school plays. If they are in it, you be there. Don't just be present, be passionate. Be passionate. Be your children's number one cheerleader. Be passionate. Be passionate about what your kids are passionate about. When my son played soccer, and by the way, I hate soccer. But when my son played soccer, all of a sudden I loved soccer. Because my son loved soccer, I began to love soccer. After he stopped playing soccer, I no longer loved soccer. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you that when my son played soccer, I ran up and down the sidelines right along with him. And when the season was over, I was in better shape than he was. <laughs> and when my son played baseball, which was nearly 24-7, I stood behind the backstop when he pitched and I yelled at the umpire when he made a bad call. And when my son hit a home run, you could hear me above the entire crowd yelling, That's my boy! And when my daughter was in gymnastics, softball, basketball, (laughs) volleyball, track, cheerleading, debate, And when she had the lead role of the school play, and when she was homecoming princess, my wife and I were there cheering her on. Our kids need our attention. Listen to me, listen to me. If you you think you might want some attention from your kids when they're grown, and when you are old, you better give them your attention when they are young. Very, very quickly, let's look at the fifth thing parents should give to their children. And this may be the most important of all, and that is authenticity. Proverbs 20 and 7, the Living Bible paraphrases this verse to say, It is a wonderful heritage to have an honest father. We'll say two things about authenticity, and then we're going to be done this morning. First of all, integrity is a must. Integrity is a must. The two most important things that I learned from my father was, number one, how to love my wife. And number two, how to be a man of integrity. I never heard my dad swear even one time. I've seen him hit his finger with a sheetrock hatchet. I've seen him drop things on his toe. I've seen him in bad situations. I never heard my dad swear not even one single time. Potty is the worst word I've ever heard my dad say. (laughs) And we were out on a construction job and he told the builder about 
somebody pottying on the floor, and my brother said, Dad, because these old guys were rank. These guys were, were rough, rougher than a cob people. My dad said, people are pottying in the floor. My d- brother said, Dad, could you at least say crap? Just yesterday, my mother told me about somebody who was using the C word. I said, what's the C word, Mom? And she said, you know, crap. (laughs) You're worried about the F word. My mother's worried about the C word. I never heard my dad swear even one time. I never, I've never ever heard my dad lie, not even once. I've never ever one time ever seen my dad even come close to cheating someone. Now, my father had his share of flaws, but a lack of integrity was not one of them. If integrity was ever needed, it's today. Because trust is at an all-time low. And a lack of trust leads people to insecurity. You know why there's so much blowing up on Facebook about these political stuff and these candidates and whatever? People are insecure. Because a lack of integrity will lead people to insecurity. And let me tell you that kids become insecure when they grow up without integrity in the house. Integrity is a must. And, and the second thing here is inconsistency is our biggest battle. See, see, it's not enough to have integrity sometimes. It's not enough to have integrity in some things. Integrity must be consistent. And consistent integrity in the home will help produce secure, confident, productive children. See, kids need their parents to be the real deal. And here's what I've discovered, and that is not everybody acts the same at home as they do at church. Inconsistency is our biggest battle. If I could get some help on the platform this morning. All right, I've given you five things that every parent should give their children. Now, next Sunday, I'm going to give you five things every parent should not give their children. The takeaway for the message today is simply this. Invest in your kids when they are young, and they will invest in you when you are old. And get this next takeaway this morning. Get this one. If you don't give your kids what they need as children, they will turn out to be needy Adults. Did you hear me? If you don't give your kids what they need as children, they will turn out to be needy adults. Needy adults are the byproduct of children that didn't get their needs met. I want to help somebody out today. It's never too late to make some improvements. Some of you in here this morning, you're, 
you're, you're, you're, you're elderly, and you say, well, this, this doesn't apply to me. What am I doing here? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. As long as you have breath in your body, there's hope. As long as there's breath in your body, you can make things better. I'll never forget hearing a man say one time that he walked by the casket of his father. He looked down to the eyes of his father, into the, the eyes weren't open, of course, but he looked down to the, to the face of his father. He said, I waited my whole life to hear you tell me you were proud of me. You never did. And now you never will. As long as you have breath in your body, you can make things better. You can make improvements. It may never be all that you want it to be. It may never be all that it could be or all that it should be, but it can be better than it is. Take a chance and reach out to your kids if you need to. If you need to apologize to them, do it. Maybe you don't think that you need to, but they think you need to. Maybe you don't think that you owe them one, but they think you do do it anyway. And here's a thought. Start all over with your grandkids if you need to. Because I promise you this this morning. If your grown kids have a problem with you and the way you raise them, if you were not present, if you were not passionate about what they were passionate about when they were growing up, If you will be to their kids, your grandkids, what your kids wanted and needed from you as their kid, I believe this will break down a lot of barriers between you. And once those barriers come down, you can begin to build. Parenting is a very difficult job. Every child is different and their needs and responses are unique to them. I chuckle when people say, I don't understand why one turned out this way and the other turned out the other way. I treated them both alike. What did you do that for? Their opposite is night and day and you treated them both alike. Didn't you figure out their specific needs and desires and what you need to do for each individually? You don't treat them alike. You're fair, but you don't treat them alike because they're not alike. See, when it comes to raising kids, one size does not fit all. My dad said that all he had to do was look cross-eyed at me and I'd cry and he'd break my heart. My brother, you're older than me, it took a two before up to the head. Every parent makes mistakes, but the Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. If our kids know that we genuinely love them unconditionally, they will forgive us for our mistakes. And especially when they become parents and begin to make mistakes of their own, they'll warm back up to us. Stand with me this morning.
Father, I just pray today that you will take this word that has been shared today, Lord, the, especially the principles of your word today. God, I pray this morning for those parents that are hurting today because, because their children didn't turn out exactly the way they thought they should turn out and they're beating themselves up and thinking it's their fault and this is not about that today. We all make our share of mistakes and we can do everything right and our kids can still decide to do everything wrong. They still have their own decisions to make. But just comfort those. God, those that, that need help in reconciliation and reconciling their, par- their, their, their families, God, I pray that reconciliation will come and healing will come and help will come. And God, I pray for these young parents today, and especially in the second service, so many, so many young parents will be in that service, God. I just pray, God, that, that you will help them to listen to the Word of God, and they will, they will put into practice what the Word of God says so that, so, that their, so that their family can be enriched and blessed. And even for these young ones that, that are saying, what in the world does this have to do with me? They will, they will take some of this that they have received this morning. And, and, and in time, God, I pray that you will, you will remind them and you'll bring them back to this day and you will help them. They'll have the information that they need going forward. God, I pray they're definitely will be home improvement because of these several weeks that we've spent trying to teach your word about the home. God, I pray for every need today to be met in the name of Jesus. Amen.